Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard. Friday, September 2nd, 2022. I'm Micah Chopley. Okay, it's Friday. It's the end of another week. End of another big week. Big week of action. Big week of Democrat hypocrisy action. There's no way ever a difference. Is there ever a, 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 a day or a week when the Democrat a Democrat is not hypocritical? Especially especially Joe Biden. There were people on Twitter today who were um nervous. And they were tweeting me. People were tweeting they know I'm a DeSantis fan, you know. I guess it's catching. It's catching. The word's getting around that I'm a Micah Chopley's a huge Ron DeSantis fan. So people were like, Where's DeSantis? Why hasn't you responded? Where's DeSantis? And, you know, before I could even tweet back to them, just give the guy a minute. Give the guy a minute. First of all, the guy's not running for president now. He doesn't have to respond within two hours every time Biden does something. That's not his job. That's not his job. He's not the uh, head of the Republican Party now. Not yet. But I said, give him a chance. And I said, when he does speak, which I'm sure will be the next day or two, what he says will be better than what anyone else has said. Trust me. And then I went to see Jaws, turned my phone off. Believe it or not, I was able to uh, go away from Twitter for a couple of hours to see Jaws, which I'll talk about at the end of the show or towards the end of the show on the big screen on IMAX Restored. Um, I turned my phone back on after when I get out. And there it is, Ron DeSantis on Fox with Raymond Arroyo responding to Biden's speech and responding perfectly, succinctly, and better than anyone else has in the last 24 hours, just as I thought. Um, That's all it took. People need to relax. Really, calm down, people. So he did respond. I'll play. I'll play his his response on Fox. Um, Raymond Arroyo is an interesting guy. He kind of looks like Pee Wee Herman, doesn't he? I like Raymond Roy. I'm not making fun of him. He just looked like Pee Wee Herman to me. Um, but uh, interesting guy, interesting guy. Always interested in what he has to say. Um, but yes, yeah, so Ron DeSantis did respond. And uh, I think he put it perfectly. You know, um, I think many Republicans are responding perfectly to this, which is that Biden pretty much said, that if you disagree with him, you're a threat to democracy. And the only Republican he likes is a Republican who agrees with him. If you're a Republican and you agree with Joe Biden, which many Republicans have through the years, because Joe Biden's gone back and forth. He's married liberal, conservative, progressive, liberal, conservative, whichever way the political winds blow, because he's a political whore. But uh, he's a purely political uh, entity. For those of you who don't like the word whore, Mike, why do you use the word whore? Anyway, um, so uh, so the Republican, remember, he said he was great friends with Strom Thurmond. He was great friends with a, segrega- a, a true segregationist racist. But those are Republicans that Joe Biden likes, the segregationist racists who agree with him on things and who he's buddy-buddy with. But if you agree with him, you're a good Republican. You're allowed to be a Republican as long as you agree with Joe Biden. Otherwise, you're a threat to democracy. That's basically what he said. So the Democrats like this bullshit. Well, the old, I like the old Republican, not the MAGA. The, what Republican did you like, you fucking hypocrite liars? You like the, the Bush Republican? 
Did you like the Reagan Republican? No, you never, no, Democrats never criticized Reagan Republicans. They never criticized Schwarzenegger Republicans. They never criticized Bush Republicans. Only Trump Republicans. They're so full of shit. They're all full. Both parties, by the way, are full of shit when they say, oh, uh, the Democrats of the past, the Republicans of the past were great. No, they, no they, you, you didn't like them either, okay? You constantly fought and argued with them also. So don't give me this bullshit about, oh, I like the Demo- I like the Republican of the past. Get the fuck out of here. That's such an old cliched line to use. You basically like people who agree with you. That's what it comes down to. You want people to agree with you. If they agree with you, they can have they could be of a different party. But if they don't agree with you, they're a threat to democracy. And that's basically what Biden just said. So you have a president, though, who is so full of crap. It's so full of crap by saying, oh, well, it's the people. Then today he because he had to backtrack it because he he realized how idiotic, how ridiculous, how horrible, how Nazi-like his speech was and how it was, it was taken and the background of the red background and the military guys, the, the Marines standing, the, he realized how bad it went over that he had to backtrack it. So now he's saying, oh no, I'm not saying the 74 million people that voted, I'm not saying a Trump supporter is bad. I'm saying people who didn't accept the election results are bad. Now here's, here, this is hilarious because one, you're actually allowed to not accept the re- election results. Okay, the few assholes. Okay, the point zero 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 one percent of Republicans who went to fucking the Capitol building on January sixth. Yes, those are kind of assholes. All right, you shouldn't do that. No one should do that on either side. And every Republican denounced that. Okay, every Republican politician denounced it. Every Republican pundit denounced it. Believe me, Democratic pundits would never have denounced it if Democrats had done that. If the Republicans uh, were the ones, if the Democrats were the ones who were um, questioning the election and Democratic voters were upset and they did that, you'd see no criticism. Okay, they say they're angry people and they have they're angry for a reason. They're in a rage. They're in a rage. But of course, the Republicans were all totally against what happened on January 6th. Okay, if you watch Fox News, all you heard was criticism about those people. They didn't call it an insurrection because it wasn't an insurrection. It was just a bunch of morons acting badly, which uh, Democrats do on a daily basis. You know, like in front of Justin's homes, they don't just do it for a day. They do it for weeks. You know, like the riots of 2020. That wasn't one day. That was months. But let's not talk about that, right? So anyway, you had you have Biden saying that if you didn't accept the election, you're a uh, what? You're a MAGA. You're crazy. You're a terrorist. You're a horrible person. You're a fascist. You're a semi-fascist. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton didn't accept the election results in 2016. OK, she was throwing things against walls. She wanted to kill. She wanted people in her campaign executed. She, then they then they concocted this Russia thing. It was Russia, Russia, Russia. Maybe where'd that go? That went nowhere. That went nowhere because there was it was fake. It was made up. It was fake news. Hillary didn't accept the results. After hours of temper tantrums, she gave a Fakakta concession speech in which she then started the, the spin of blaming Russia and Russian interference. So is that, is that, is that being democratic? Are, are, you a, are you not a terrorist when you do that? If you, are you not an enemy of democracy when you start blaming another country for your loss? Because you're a loser? That doesn't count, huh, Joe? Now, how about Stacey Abrams in Georgia? She never conceded. 
in her race for governor, last one. She probably won't concede this one when Kemp kicks her ass again. Remember, she said Kemp was the secretary of state and he fixed it. And there were voting problems there because they don't let people who aren't citizens or who are dead to vote. She never accepted her defeat either. Is she a terrorist? Is she an enemy of democracy, Uncle Joe? You full of malarkey fuckhead. It's such a hypocrite. So easy to see. This is current history. This is current history with Democrats not accepting the results of an election purely as an election results. They all made up phony fucking stories. Whether it's Russia or the guy was Secretary of State, he fixed it. So who are you kidding, Joe? Seriously, who are you kidding? This guy, really, he makes my blood boil. He makes my blood boil. Look, if the Democrat, this is actually very good news. I'm going to put a good spin on this for a Friday. This is very good news for Republicans, because if Joe Biden knew his party, if he was in good shape, if his party was in good shape, he wouldn't have given any kind of a speech at all. He wouldn't have given a speech at all. You don't see presidents make these kinds of ridiculous, moronic, purely political Nazi-like speeches two months before elections when they're doing well. But it's um, desperation because people hate him. The polls show people hate him. The polls show most of the country thinks the country is going in the wrong direction. Polls show he'd be losing to Donald Trump. He'd be losing to the guy he claims is this horrible MAGA, anti-democratic, semi-fascist. So, Joe, if you're losing to that guy, what does it say about you? What does it say about you, Jack? What does it say about you, Jack? So that's bothering him. And they know, forget about the polls you see on television. Forget about them. The Democrats' internal polls are saying very bad things about November, which is why this happened, which is why he gave that speech. It's a speech to rile up the base. If you're going to win, you don't need to do that. If you're ahead, you don't need to do that. If the polls show you're in good shape, you don't need to do that. Just stand by and watch it happen. So this is the good news for Republicans. Just if Republicans were maybe thinking that Democrats were going to do well, this should prove to them they're not. This should prove to them they are not. And all Joe did was offend more independents. That's all he did was offend the biggest voting bloc in the country. That's all he did with that speech. Doesn't matter that he offended Republicans. Doesn't matter that he got the Democrats going, he offended independence. And that's all that matters. So of course, he did more harm than good. But they felt like they had no choice, you see, because the polls, their internal polling is so bad. It's so bad. So yes, as I'm listening to the responses, I'm 100% right. Remember, I said in yesterday's show, that the Democratic pundits on MSNBC and such, I know they're being they're being fired from CNN, which is good. But uh, the ones on MSNBC who will never be fired, who are given $30 million a year contracts, uh, were exactly saying what I was saying. That it was a great speech. Oh, it was a defining moment. It was FDR, you know, that, that moron, Beschloss, Michael Beschloss, that fake historian, that, that, that total liberal, left liberal lunatic pundit, fake historian 
says, well, you know, FDR, FDR gave these speeches, very important speeches. FDR gave them a Lincoln. It was very Lincoln-like. That sounds like he said fucking uh, three whiskeys every time before he goes on the air. Three whiskeys uh, downed with uh, a uh, a chaser. What's a chaser exactly? I never knew what a chaser was. People always say a chaser. Is the beer? The beer is not a chaser, right? You drink a beer. And then you have a different kind. Of, it's an alcohol chaser. It's like a whiskey chaser. I don't know. I'm not a drunk. Okay, so I don't know. I'm sure Beschloss knows. I should tweet to him. But here's this: these people are exactly what I said they would say. Exactly, hundred percent. There was a little bit of criticism from some people about the military people that you shouldn't use. You, you think so? You think you should? You think you should criticize that a little bit? That Biden used, used, used Marines in a political speech by a Democrat denouncing Republicans. Do you think that might have been a little off? Do you think it might have been a little wrong, a little dictatorial there? Dick. Emphasis on the dick. All right. I'm going to play this Ron DeSantis clip. And this is Ron DeSantis once again on Raymond Arroyo uh, on Fox News. And uh, this is here. Let me, let me cue it up here. It's only 54 seconds. And this is Ron DeSantis uh, commenting on the um, Biden speech, if I can cue this up correctly. One day I'll learn how to use this stuff. Okay, here we go. All right, let's see if I can get this to work. Yeah, here we go. All right. Well, I thought it was one of the most uh, disgusting speeches an American president has ever given. He uh, ran as being a unifier. And he's basically saying to the vast majority of the country that disapproves of him uh, that they're effectively a threat to the republic. He dodders, he lashes out, uh, but at the end of the day, his policies are why there's so much opposition to him. He came in and he opened the border, and we've seen what a disaster that's been. He kneecapped American energy. We've seen how that's hurt millions and millions of people across our country. They've inflated the currency. We have one of the worst inflations we've had in over 40 years. So, of course, people are going to be upset at all the wreckage that he's left in his wake. He is the American Nero. He's a failed leader, and I think that he is doing this because he's trying to energize his base to fend off uh, a real butt whip in this November. And there is. He's right. American Nero. I love that. He's the American Nero. And DeSantis has it right. He's simply doing it to fend off a butt whipping, but it's going to give him even more of a butt whipping. There's nothing genuine about Joe Biden. Even this student loan thing, he knows it's not going to pass the courts. Now, people saying on television now what I said weeks ago when he did this a couple of weeks ago, I said that Joe Biden's doing it knowing this is what a this is what a political. Once again, I, I, I got to use the word whore. This is what a political whore Joe Biden, a political maneuver. Machiavellian politician he is. What he does is he says something, he does something like that student loan, knowing it's not going to pass the courts, right? Remember, even Nancy Pelosi last year said he couldn't do it. Earlier this year said he couldn't do it. And she's right. Legally, he can't do it. So what he did was he did it knowing it's going to be knocked down by the courts. And then what he'll say is, well, I tried, but the Trump courts, <laughs> the Trump courts stopped it. But I tried. I'm a good guy. You see, this is what a disingenuous bastard this guy is. He knows it's not going to go through, but then he can just say, uh, 
Well, I tried. Give me credit. Not my fault. The man is an empty vessel. And now he's an empty vessel plus dementia. Yes, of course the Republicans should impeach him. There's no doubt about the Republicans should impeach him the first day they get into office. No, he won't be convicted in the Senate, just like Trump wasn't. But they need to do it. They need to do it. You know, I love how people say, oh, we're, we're mad. The, the right is mad that uh, Biden's pushing back. Like, well, I don't know what he's pushing back against exactly. Trump never gave this kind of a speech. Trump never said that people voted against him were terrorists. Never once said that. Trump went after his political enemies who were like making billions of dollars a year. You know, like the rich people, the swamp. Yes, he went after the swamp dwellers. But who cares? That's who cares? Even as the president, that's like punching up. He never went after citizens. He never said the 68 million people, whoever, 64 million people voted for Hillary were losers, domestic terrorists, fascists. He never said that. So there's, no, there's nothing to fight back. They're, they're, they're making things up. They're, they have such bad Trump derangement syndrome. They make things up. They make up realities that don't exist, that Biden had to fight back against something. What do you fight? You're fighting back against what? A fake narrative you created? There's nothing to fight back against. So that's total nonsense. It's total nonsense. It was simply done because he knows Democrats are going to get their ass kicked. And his administration, his totally inept administration, someone sent me a photo. You know, everyone's seen the photo by now, right? That big, I told you it was the guy who was shot by Lenny Riefenstahl. The big photo of that, him scree- his arms in the air yelling with the red background and the military guy standing in the background. So someone sent me a photo, some pro-Biden bot, sent me a, a photo from the crowd's point of view. And if you look at the photo from the crowd's point of view, it doesn't look so, it doesn't look bad. It's just, you know, it's got red and blue in the background. Right. So if you're sitting there, like the 40 people, the 40 Biden bots, who the 40 administration people, you know, the people who worked for him who were sitting in the audience were looking at it. If you were there live in the audience, it didn't look that bad. It still had the military guys in the background, but it was kind of red. It was like a red and blue setting, like American flag kind of a setting. But that's not the point. The point is most people are not, are not sitting there. There were 40 people. There are 40 Biden bots sitting there watching it live. Most people are watching it on TV, okay? You got 40 people watching it there in the audience, and you got, you know, 10 million people watching on television. That's all that counts. And the Biden administration should have known that. Who cares how it looks there, sitting there live, when you're Biden's press secretary or, or Pete Buttigieg? Who cares? They should, they should have cared about how it looked live on television, do you remember the debate that they show? The first televised debate was it Nixon and Kennedy in 60. And remember they showed Nixon sweating. Nixon had like sweat on his brow and Kennedy was all clean and calm and looking great. And then people said, if you listened on the radio, Nixon won. That's not hard to believe that Nixon won that debate. But that didn't matter. What matters is how it looked on television. It was the fir- one of the first of the first televised debates. So people were looking on television. They wanted to see it. And the people who watched on television saw a Nixon that looked terrible. That's all that mattered. So Biden's people should have known that. 
They should have known how it looked on television, and it looked awful. Now, his words were awful regardless. What he said was disgusting regardless, but aesthetics mean a lot. Appearance means a lot. Visuals mean a lot in this world. And for them to not understand that shows how inept they are. It shows how inept they are. By the way, if you want to call in, you can. It's a Friday. If you want to call in and talk about this or anything else, anything else, you want to talk about the power grid in California, the fact that we have the hottest, we're going to have the hottest weekend, one of the hottest Labor Day weekends on record, and Gavin Newsom is telling us to, it's amazing how instead of fixing the power grid, right, instead of fixing the power grid, making sure like it works, like we're not living in a third world country, that California can't handle a five day freaking heat wave. Gavin Newsom is doing the commie thing that Gavin Newsom loves to do and Democrats love to do, which is telling you how to, where to set your thermostats. Where to set your thermostats. And he used the word voluntarily, believe me. If he could come into your house and lock your thermostat, he would. If he could send the thermostat police into your house, he would do it. And of course he won't. He'll set his thermostat at 68. But that's the communist way, right? Set your thermostat at 78. Help the government. No, no. Fix the fucking power grid, you moron. Stop pushing electric vehicles when you can't even handle a five-day heat wave, you dick. You hair gel king. But we've seen some Democrats the last two and a half years. Right away, they go to commie China. They got, they got their cues from communist China. They got their cues from the way the, the Chinese Communist Party handled COVID with lockdowns and masking. That's what they did. They copied China, which is still doing lockdowns because COVID's not gone there three years later. Okay, I asked for calls. Someone calls and I keep talking. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, stop me from talking for a few minutes. What's going on? <laughs> okay. Um, I'll do my best. Um, you know, as I watched that speech, I thought that the, uh, the only thing that was missing from that backdrop was the uh, it was a faint smell of sulfur? <laughs> exactly. That's what it looked like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a point in in the speech when Biden said he said uh, MAGA Republicans are quote spreading fear and lies for profit unquote. Oh my God, that is exactly what the Democrats and Bidens. COVID policy was. That is exactly what Fauci's and Walensky's and the rest of that crew's COVID policy was. It was fear and lies for profit. Masking to create the fear. Lies about the effectiveness of the world's shittiest vaccine. All for making big pharma billions and billions of dollars. And who's paying the price? Our children paid the price. Our older parents paid the price, both with their lives, with their health. Our children paid the price with their education. We all paid our price with respect to our jobs and income loss. And now the fallout, the economic fallout, inflation. This fear and profit. Oh, my freaking God. Yeah, well, well exactly. And, and, every, and, you know, not, not just... After what they did for the last two and a half years, this shows they have no 
but they have no remorse of what they did for the last two and a half years. They have no remorse. They think what they did was perfectly right, perfectly warranted. And if there was, a, you know, if they made a couple of errors here and there, oh, well, it was a it was a new thing, you know, a new thing. And so what are you going to do? So this shows they have absolutely no empathy for the people they hurt over the last two and a half years. When you talk about, he talks about the Republicans being against freedom. and take, You know, it's amazing. He thinks Republicans are against freedom because they want you to be alive and a citizen to vote. That's, take, that's taking away freedoms. Making sure someone's alive, has a pulse, and is a citizen. And when Republicans say something like, well, we can't have voter IDs because black people and Latinos don't know how to get them, they don't see how fucking racist that is. Their, their entire COVID policy was racist, and we are seeing just how much, and, and they were warned, they were forewarned about deviating from conventional epidemic policy, and they carried out this heinous experiment, and one of the things that, we, that everyone told them was the poor, middle class, and non-whites are going to hurt the most because of this policy, and that's what we're seeing right now. And speak of racism, how much, how, how, what better uh, metric for racism is there than the lack of concern for the damage that you caused? There's no concern. There's zero concern. Just like Biden has zero concern for the 13 soldiers who died in Afghanistan a year ago, just over a year ago. He never once mentioned their names in a year. Do you remember that? Do you remember that video? Of him when they were having the um, that salute to the thirteen soldiers, where they would you know, and he, they were at the he, he, and he kept on looking at his watch, and there was some, oh, there was some, there yeah. some fathers of those kids who said yeah. they were looking at him, and you know they didn't say this, but I know what they wanted. They wanted to strangle the guy. They wanted to strangle Biden right there. Yeah. They wanted to jump on him and strangle him. He said every time they did one of those gunshots, you know, the salute, he looked at his watch thirteen times. What if what if Trump had done that? What would the Democrats be said? Once again, we could play the what if Trump game. What if Trump had done that? What if they had video of Donald Trump looking at his watch at a memorial for soldiers that died in, 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 in a war? What would the Democrats be saying about that? And there was zero talk about that on the DNC owned media. Yeah, we know. We all know what the answer to that would be, despite the fact that we weren't, we weren't, we weren't big Trump fans at all, that um, the only reason that I voted for Trump. Possibly it might have been one of your reasons too. Um, let, let me know. But the only reason I voted for Trump is because Democrats did the impossible with their COVID policy. They made Trump the least, the lesser, lesser, the less of two evils, and um, that that was at the time it seemed uh, almost impossible to me. Well, well, I want to clear something up. I didn't vote for Trump. I never, I never voted for Trump. I voted for the Green Party. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I voted, well, for the, I, I voted for the Green Party candidate both times when Trump ran. I, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I voted. I voted for Trump, and I couldn't imagine in 2016. I could have never imagined that I would ever vote for that man. I didn't like him, but he did the right thing when it. Well, came I can to tell you right now, and I've said this many times. I hope DeSantis is the nominee, not Donald Trump. But if it's Donald Trump versus, if Donald Trump wins the primary, I'm voting for him next time. So. It doesn't matter if it's Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg. It doesn't matter. So, uh, you know, that's it. I didn't vote for him twice, but the third time would be the charm for me. But once again, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't even run. I don't want any more Biden. You know, this is the funny thing. Someone on Twitter, this is, we did talk about this next week. But Charlie Crist, that old fossil, is running against DeSantis in Florida. 
And what's amazing to me is you have these Democrats who supposedly are for inclusion. Democrats are all for inclusion, and all they promote are old white men, right? Fauci's their hero. Biden's their hero. They love Charlie Crist. What happened to inclusion in the Democratic Party? What happened to the party of no more, no more old white men? What happened to that? We all know what happened to that. <laughs> It, what, what always happens to it with respect in the Democratic Party, uh, it's it's all it's it's all divisiveness all the time. Um, there was last last night when I called in, I, I had a question about you know what, why would the Democrats allow Biden and why would Biden do what the, he did last night? It was so unpresidential, and, and I mean usually the political hacks do the nastiness. Um, that they think is required um, in um, political, um, well, in politics in general. They, they leave it to, to not just underlings, but to people in the media, the, you know, the, um, the politicos, the, the political hacks. This is something that presidents just don't do. But, you know, today I'm thinking about this a little bit further and I'm thinking, OK, well, Biden must know that he's not going to be running. He's not going to be in, in the next election. He's not going to make it. He's out of gas. He's out of fuel. And just like uh, in World War II, um, well, he's gone kamikaze. He's out of fuel. They've locked him in the cockpit. And he's, he's in the air. And he can't make it back to base. The Democrats don't even want him coming back to base. No. So he's, he's gone kamikaze. That explains his weird behavior last night. Well, that's it, because all these Democrats, when they're asked they want him on the campaign trail, they'll give these ridiculously labyrinthian answers, right? Or very political answers. I'm, I'm campaigning for the people. I, I, I can handle this myself. Well, if anyone can campaign with me anytime, you know, they give these ridiculous beat-around-the-bush answers because they don't want him anywhere near them. <laughs> they don't want him anywhere near them. Yeah. We, we have a kamikaze president, and that should, be, that should scare everyone. Well, uh, Marco, Marco, who's listening right now and also known as Socialist Pizza, asked me that I vote for the Green Party both times because I support them. He's a Green Party uh, voter member. And uh, Marco, I guess, is uh, OK, you're not a regular listener. We're getting new listeners every day. But and Daniel, I think you can be with I, I know you're in the same camp as me. As I've talked about many times, I used to support them. Um, because I didn't care for the Democratic establishment. So I got turned on to the Green Party because I was so, I'm a Democrat, I was a Democrat, and I got so pissed off the Democratic establishment that I started to vote uh, Green in the general elections. I voted for Jill Stein and then Howie Hawkins. But, 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 and I know Daniel will uh, ditto me on this, over the last two and a half years with COVID, the Green Party has been totally MIA. They were so anti-Big Pharma. They hated Big Pharma. They've only sucked up the Big Pharma for the last two and a half years, pushed every COVID shot, pushed every booster, along with Bernie Sanders. So I've been turned off to the Green Party as well. Yeah. Um, as I have tried to convince everybody, we no longer have a liberal faction to the Democratic Party. They are all illiberal at this point. They are not standing up for our core liberties. They are not standing up for the underprivileged. They put the, um, they, they, uh, how should I say, they, um, they address their COVID fears by this laptop class, address their COVID fears by putting all the consequences, all the damage upon the middle class and the poor. 
and especially non-white. That, that is what my former party of 44 years, I voted Democrat for 44 years straight, barely ever voted for Republican, maybe once in a while and as a judge in a local election, for example, I might have voted for Republican, but I was straight Democrat the whole time. And then came along 2020 and this insane COVID policy that just hurt so many people. Killed my father. He would be alive today. My stepfather almost took his life. Damaged mm-hmm. my children's education. Mm-hmm. Damaged my damaged my ability to get my job done as I was locked out of out of my lab for six months. This, these people did more damage to my life than I could ever have imagined the Republicans doing. What 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 what's the let, let me just the liberals of 2016, let's say, have more in common with the with these MAGA Republicans that that uh, uh, um, Biden defiles. They have more in common with MAGA Republicans than they have in common with the illiberal branch, which has taken over the Democratic Party. Liberals have no place anymore in the Democratic Party. Yeah, and I just want to read a couple of comments. Once again, if anyone wants to call in and talk, they can. Um, uh, uh, so I'll sign off. No, no, you, go, ahead, go ahead. All right. Well, well, okay, thanks, Daniel. I appreciate it. Um, but the, the comments I'm getting from, uh, let me see, so far, let, let me just read a couple of them here. Uh, from uh, Socialist Pizza, yeah, he says he agrees that he's been disappointed with the Green Party, especially Howie Hawkins, at least the Black Caucus of the Green Party was anti-mandate and does better. Well, that's because they knew that that vaccine mandate was going to hurt primarily blacks and Latinos and, and the lower class, middle income. And lo- that they knew it would, the, <laughs> they knew the, those, the vaccine mandates were going to affect them because they were one, the least vaccinated and two, the ones who couldn't afford to lose their jobs. So they knew it would affect the minorities the most. And this is what pissed me off so much about the Democrats and the socialists and the uh, progressives and the green party. You can le- lump them all together with COVID policy. They were all on the, almost a, exactly the same side with the COVID policy is they knew those policies would most likely affect lower income people and minorities. And they did nothing. They stood by, I say they, they stood by and did nothing, but they promoted these policies. They promoted these policies. And I don't think they can ever come back from that. I really don't. And Ovur says uh, they are neo-techno-fascists. What's a neo-techno-fascist? You might have to call in neo-techno-fascists, centrist at best, not the left. Well, yeah, they've, they've changed. They've obviously, oh, hold on, Marco. Okay, hold on. Let me get Marco in here and Marco can talk more. Marco. Hi, yeah, thanks for having me on, yeah. Um, sure, go ahead. I, I, Green Party is interesting to me, um, but yeah, I don't think that they're going to be the vehicle of anything big um, for a lot of reasons. But I think they've been infiltrated. That's what I was going to say is I think a lot of these bad policies have been um, either, I don't know who, FBI, right-wingers, I don't know, but they've totally been infiltrated because my Pacific Green Party, oh, it was really weird, like a lot of, right-wingers joined the party in mass and started messing stuff up and there was like a lot of contention and it kind of took the party to its knees well the the problem i had with the green party even when i was voting for them was that they've never never been able to build a real party and i understand believe me i totally understand i've talked many times on this show 
how much I cannot stand the two-party system and the power, the cultish power that Democrats and Republicans have. So I understand how powerful they are. I know how the Democrats have worked to keep Green Party candidates off the ballot. Actually, they've done that more than the Republicans have with the Libertarian candidates, by the way. The Democrats have been much more fascist with trying their hardest to use their power to keep Green Party candidates off the ballot. They've done it over and over again. So I know how difficult it is to go up against that machine and the mainstream media, which is all about the two-party system. I get it. But at least the Libertarian Party has been able to build up a little bit better, right? They've been able to build up better. They have people. They actually have people in the Senate. I mean, Rand Paul's a libertarian, really, you know. And uh, so they've been able to do that at least. And locally, they've gotten some people elected. And even on a national level, the Green Party candidate often gets, you know, three, three and a half, four percent of the vote. The Green Party has been really inept at at, at building a, a real viable, you know, third party. Well, I, I I agree with you, but I just see it. My perspective is a little different because the Green Party never wanted, never attempted to do that. They they attempted an experiment that has been shown to have failed, and the experiment was we're going to create the party structure. If you build it, they will come, but they never came because they needed to build the party from the grassroots up. They built it top down. They built it where they had an electoral vehicle that was national, but they didn't do any of the grassroots organizings that, like, say, Kashama Sawant does in Seattle. Well, also so the organizing if the to get- had approached it like Kashama, right. they would have become that party you're doing, but they didn't even approach it that way. They experimented with if we build the national structure, then the movement comes to us, but it didn't work out that way. You mean focusing more on getting like people elected locally, right? To city offices and state exactly. offices. Right. Yeah. Right. If, right. if you want to start the party that we all thought the Green Party was for a long time or we wished it was, it would have started grassroots, but they didn't. They went national first. And the reason the libertarians have more traction on the same tactic is because the libertarians take corporate money. And the Greens don't. So the Libertarians have gotten further with it. Well, I, you can, yeah, all right. Money obviously matters, but I think Libertarians also have 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 really concentrated a little bit more on the local game. You know, I, I think. Look, I think Libertarians realize, and any any third party should realize, they're not winning the presidency. <laughs> it's just not happening. I mean, well, they have. Well, that's the thing is that they have to run it to retain the national ballot access. You can't retain national ballot access unless you run a presidential candidate. No, no. But what I'm saying is how much but how much focus do you put on it? Is what I'm saying, you know, as opposed to really building up, like I say, grassroots from the ground up well, and, yeah, and, and running, running local candidates, running local candidates for for mayor, for city council, even for Congress. Right. I yeah, mean, they do run some local. They just don't have a lot of money to do it. Like so like I w- I'm a treasurer for for ballot measures in my, yeah. in my city. And mm-hmm. so I went to one of these Green Party events where they were talking about campaign finance and stuff. And they said that they normally only have $200,000 for the presidential candidate. But Jill Stein contributed 800000 of her personal money to her campaign. So she ran a million-dollar campaign. Well, Jill, Jill, campaign Jill, Jill, Jill raised a million dollars. than a lot of the other Greens because she ponied up the money. Well, she also raised money, though. Give her credit, though. Jill raised over a million dollars. She oh, raised no, money. She did great. Oh, yeah. And, the, and, the, and the, uh, the, what do you call it? The money she raised for the um, recalls, recounts? That was great. Yes. Yeah. Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, I think before that, you have to look at uh, Nader, right? Nader did pretty well. 
as far as you know. Well, he also had money. He got right. you know in this settlement with GM, he got millions, and that has funded his entire activism career, and it's been really successful. Right. You know. So, look, I think what, what we're dealing with in this country is, is we kind of have to get used to this two-party system, and I think. What, what, I think the important thing to do, if you're on one side or the other, if you're if you're a Democrat or Republican or a conservative or liberal, I think it's to get people who are, let's say, fundamentally Greens or fundamentally Libertarians, and they're just going to have to run as Democrats and Republicans and win. You see, then you can get that ideology, that political ideology, and you can have some power and influence with it. But you're going to have to do it under the guise of DNR, and I think that's just the way it has to work. Look, look at like Rand Paul. Rand Paul knows he could probably he couldn't have become senator as a libertarian, but he is. His father was a major libertarian, Ron, and um, and he ran and he won as a Republican. But he's libertarian at heart. I mean, all of his all of his policies are libertarian policies, you know. So that's basically what the Greens are going to have to do is just forget that and just you know you believe whatever you believe in. I mean, I have a lot of problems with the Greens now with their with the way they deal, dealt with COVID. And the authoritarianism, and sometimes they're you know extreme, they're extremes with the climate stuff. But if that's what you believe in, you're just gonna have to run as a Democrat and push those policies and, and forget about third parties here because it's just not that can happen in this country. We don't have that parliamentary system. We're not gonna have seven or eight viable parties the way they do in a lot of other in a lot of European countries or even Canada. It's just not gonna happen here, you know. So, but but yeah. but, but to your question about me, yes, I, I totally. You know, in the last two elections, I did not care for either of the major party candidates. I, did, I hated Hillary, didn't like Trump, and I didn't like Trump or Biden, so I voted Green Party in those elections. I mean, that was – my reasoning was also, you know, that I just did not like I – did, I didn't go for the lesser of two evil bullshit, so. Yeah, I mean, That's, I agree with you that it's not going to happen with a third party. I just also don't agree it's going to happen with either of the duopoly either because – um, there, there, you know, there was a journalist and he made a joke. He said that the United States is a one party state, but in typical American extravagance, they have two. Right. That's true. So like, yeah. it's not going to happen through those parties either. Like it's gonna, it's gonna only happen with some kind of really big grassroots uprising. And I also don't think that's going to happen. So I really don't, <laughs> I really don't have, have a lot of positive outcomes for the future on well, and, 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 and we're seeing now with that Biden speech, I'm going to go back to the Biden speech. We're seeing this is a result of this two party cult system. Don't you see? This is the result of this. If you are, are you're a fascist, right? If you don't, if you're of the other party, you're a fascist, you're a terrorist. You must come to our cult. If you're part of the other cult, there's something wrong with you. This is the problem. The two party system is they just snipe at each other. It's like it's you know it's it's silly. It's well, like yeah, two it's little like, league teams. Um, it's like two little league teams of children. Well, who you know, kind of, I think a better analogy is pro wrestling. <laughs> God, they, you good. They, they, they spit on each other and throw chairs at each other on stage, and they go back in the back room, and then they're buddies. You know that's very true. That's that's very true. That's a good point. That last point you made is that in the back room they are buddies, and and I have no problem. Look. I have no problem with colleagues getting along with each other. I don't think that Bernie Sanders should hate Rand Paul. They should never have lunch. They should never talk. I think that's stupid. I think that's childish. But the fact of the matter is Joe Biden himself said, oh, I was I was friendly. My good friend was Strom Thurmond. So he has no problem admitting 
that his good friend was an actual, not fake news, not imagined, an actual racist segregationist. Yet, yet, oh, God, if you vote for Trump, you're just a horrible, evil person. I mean, so Trump is this horrible, evil guy, but no, but Trump Thurman was a great man. You see, that's the problem. That's the problem with Joe Biden. He's such an utter hypocrite. And he has been for his entire political career. He has been for his entire political career. In the 70s, he's saying one thing about abortion. In the 90s, he's saying about another thing about abortion. And now, of course, he's totally for abortion on demand. The guy has no real moral compass. The guy has no real moral compass. You could. My favorite uh, name for him is Jim Crow Joe. Yeah, Jim Crow Joe. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. He was, in the 90s, he was calling, just like Hillary, he was calling black people super predators. Hey, come on. There's nothing true or honest about this guy. There's nothing. He's just been the, 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 the flag bearer for the Democratic Party of the time. Whatever the Democratic Party of the time pushes their narrative, he's been the front man for them. That's all Joe Biden has ever been. And Joe Biden can never win. He tried like three times, two and a half times to become president before 2020. He could never get any traction until he ran against Donald Trump and people voted against Donald Trump. That, that, that's why he won. That's the, that's the only Joe Biden would never have been president if not for Donald Trump. It's just, a, you know, that, that's why his support. That's why people say, well, how did 81 million people vote for him? And three months later, his approval is 10. Because it was soft. Well, you know, if you, if you want to believe the election was rigged, you can believe that. Or you can believe his support was so soft that it was really anti-Trump support. And once Trump was out of the way, people didn't care for Joe Biden. And that's what I happened. Mean, that's to- also true of how Trump got elected. Well, Trump didn't win the popular vote in 2016. Mm-hmm. But, um, that's right. So, I mean, that's the other thing. You know, I talked to people about people want to talk endlessly about this kind of topic. And I'm just like, look, none of us vote for president. The electoral college votes for the president every four years, not the people. So you're kidding yourself that you think you're voting for the president. Right. The electoral, co- you know, you could, you, I've, I've, you know, I haven't done a show on this yet, but I, I have, I've gone back and forth with positives and negatives, electoral college, the reasoning, the founding fathers put it in there. I get it. I do get it that you don't want one area of geography of the country dominating all the time. I get that. You know, look at the Hillary Trump election. If Hillary, if we went by popular vote, Hillary would have won, but she would have won because of Los Angeles. Los Angeles County would have won the election for her. So what what you're saying is basically people in L.A. have a most, not, not all of them, most of the people in L.A. have a certain mindset. Most people in San Francisco, have a, and they're very different mindsets than people in Iowa and Missouri and, and Alabama. So what you're saying is the people of L.A. County, can almost always, because there are so many people there, or New York City, because there's so many people there, that mindset with the popular vote could very well dominate many presidential elections. So L.A. and New York, one or the other, the two combined, would win all the time. That mindset would win all the time. And I know there's the debate that, oh, people can move there, people can go anywhere they want, but I think that was the Founding Fathers' basic idea, was they wanted... The entire country. They don't want the tyranny of the, what you might call tyranny of the majority in a way. They want the entire country to be able to have a say in who leads the nation. And if Hillary had won in 2016, it would have been because of L.A. County. That's the three million votes. 
I just I see it a little differently because you know the the electoral college is is really based in in the slavery system. Uh. Because say like for instance, in the first thirteen states, um, Virginia had eighty percent slaves, so they only had they had a very small population. So their electoral votes of the people who could vote would be extremely small. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, well, since we're a state that is a big part of the union and we have a lot of production with slavery, we believe we deserve more representation. And so we want the electoral college vote to be based on our population, not on our voting eligible population. Well, but, and, the, and there was a big controversy over this for many years. And I think in the fourth presidential election, I forget who it was between, they came up with what's called the three-fifths compromise. So they said, okay, fine. Three-fifths of the slaves will be counted towards the electoral college. Um, so this racist it, history extends into today where the, where the prison system disenfranchises people from voting and is counted toward the electoral college. Well, but if you look at but if you look at by states, right? If you look at the 2016 election by states, Trump won 30, and Hillary won 20. So Trump won 10 more states, right? Yeah, so but Trump, Trump won 60 percent of the country. When you look at it by state, yeah, but so, we don't do this for any other office. We don't do this. I mean, you win well, the election, you win the votes. We don't well, yeah, do this, because, right? Because every every other office is state, and it's a national election. The president represents every citizen. Counting at one person, one vote is a fair democratic way to vote for the president. I, I once again, I see positives and negatives with it. Yeah, that that once again, that statement on its own, one person, one vote, majority vote sounds great. But I really believe that, and there's been very, there's been arguments on both sides about your three fifth thing, what the three fifth really means. But I think the argument of the tyranny of the majority has there's some validity in it. There is certainly some validity in it. Right. Yeah, that would be like saying, wait a minute, but that would be like saying, the, wait a minute, if that would be like saying if the majority of people voted that that blacks are a second class, then that should be the rule. Right. Majority of people say that majority rule. We may not like it. We see, but you can't have that because well, there would have been, been a time in this country when that would have been the ruling class. Right. There would have been a time in this country when people would have ruled that blacks are second class citizens. They would they would have overwhelmingly voted that. Yeah, so there are protections against the tyranny majority, and one of those is like e- the equal protection. So, like, I, but I think, but to so, my, my so opinion, like, the voting for the president is not taking anyone's rights away, like say voting to make, you know, uh, like mm-hmm. the the Measure Nine in California that said it was illegal for gay people to get married, got overturned by the Supreme Court because they're like this is a an example of the tyranny of the majority. So I don't know what. Right, the tier, the majority of the people of the United States voting for president is taking away from anybody. Because the major, once again, I don't, I don't want to get too into this, but the the majority of the people con- congregate in major cities, and those major city people, city dwellers, have a very different point of view of life and what the country should be than the rural people. So what you're basically doing is giving the country the, the, the you're giving the power then to the big cities over the rural areas. And I think that is is tyranny of the majority in a way. I think I think it can be argued, Marco. I really do. I, I mean, I understand the argument. I just think that the counter argument of the fact that we have states, so like the you know those, those more rural states have a state government. This is like a federal national office 
the president. But look, Marco, here's the matter of the army, right? Like right. We can, we can ar- yeah. that, You and I can see. argue. I could do eight, 18 million shows on this, right? We can get people sure. coming right. in and talking. We can get experts coming into that. But the fact of the matter is that's the system. So you play to win that system. And if you lose that system, you lose, right? Well, Hillary knew Hillary knew what the system like, was going in. So, like you're like you're not going to join the mafia and then make them better. <laughs> oh, that's well, <laughs> not necessarily so, like, true. That's why we disagree, right? I'm like, this system is so evil, we literally can't even really join it. Like, it's not possible <laughs> to join it and do good in it. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, it's it's. I don't want either side. And, and there was a little bit. Hillary, of course, blamed Russia more than the electoral college thing. But when the because Demo- the Democrats seem to be at least as, as as of late on the wrong side, right? of that uh, popular vote electoral college thing, they do try to make the Hillary did try a little bit to make the election seem illegitimate because Trump lost a popular vote. She did. And her people did. And a lot of Democrats did. And to me, see, according to Biden, that's not fascism, right? That's, that's not being anti-democratic. That's not anti the American way. But in a way, they tried to say the election was illegitimate because Trump didn't win the popular vote. And that's not the way it works. It is totally legitimate because those are the rules of the game going in. You know the rules of the card game. You know the rules of roulette going in. And if you win, you're a winner. And if you lose, you're a loser. And that's just the way it is. You know, but so it's fixed for the House. So it's so you know what I mean? Like everybody knows the dice are loaded and everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Now, there, we can argue that none of this is fair at all, right? We I can say that's what I am arguing, right? Which right. is that I don't think we're going to have any kind of liberation or improvement to our material conditions. You know, we're never going to get a minimum wage increase from the government that's fair. We're going to have to take it. Yeah. You know, once again, you're bringing up all these different shows I can do. I mean, the minimum wage is an issue. It's you know, in general, I was always for minimum wage increase. But then again, you know, there are corporations who can afford to pay those wages more than mom and pop stores can. You know, so there are there are arguments on both sides of the whole minimum wage thing um, and, and competition. You know, if, if you if I find someone who's going to hire me for ten dollars, I'm going to work for them as opposed to someone who says they can hire me for eight dollars, 50 cents. So there's competition created that way as well. But I think the fact of the matter is is that you're never going to have you're not going to have total equity, right? You're not going to have total equity. And I think the problem with the left sometimes is that they are like children who say, you know, they put their foot down, they bang their hands down, they say we, we want life isn't fair, right? Don't kids say that all the time? That's not fair, mom. That's not fair, dad. And a good parent will say, "Yes. Yes, junior. Life isn't fair. And it's not a fair country." And you have to just fight for what you can get, man. I mean, I know this sounds terrible in a way, like the law of the jungle, but this is reality. This is, and just crying about it and, 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 and pouting about it is not going to get you anywhere. It's just not going to well, get yeah, I mean, I don't believe in crying or pouting about it. Like, I'm, like, I believe in seizing the means of production, so I am seizing my means of production. I'm working on it. Good. I like that. You know, and I, I think that, you know, one of the things I talked about yesterday's show, the show before that, was this whole thing between Oz and Fetterman and the Fetterman campaign and people in that campaign and around that campaign, you know, bashing Oz for being successful. And we have to stop doing that in this country. We have to stop bashing people because they became a success, whether it's as a doctor or as a celebrity or as a singer or whatever it may be. Stop bashing people for success and start doing what 
you know, my grandfather always did this. He, he would always appreciate when someone did well. He'd never feel – he'd never try to put them down. You know, he'd say, okay, good for you. You've succeeded in life. The person opened up a restaurant, an Italian restaurant in Brooklyn and succeeded and was doing well. And my grandfather was in the same business. He never had sour grapes for them. He always said, good for them. They made it work. We have to stop doing that in this country. The Democrats love doing this. They love saying, well, if someone's a success, they're evil. You know, if someone's a success, they lied there and cheated their way there. Sure, some people do, but I don't think most people do. You know, I mean, if you become a doctor, you got to go through a process. You can't lie and cheat your way. And so Oz was a successful doctor who became a successful, you know, TV personality. Why is that bad? Why is John Fetterman, who lived off his parents till 49 or 50, better? Why is that? Is that the American way? Is that the American success story we want? I, I don't get it. Everything's backwards right now. And this is why I'm really I've had I've divorced the left. You asked me that. You asked me that question. Marco, are you still there? But Marco. OK. Are you I'm there? Here. Marco? Yeah, I'm here, sir. Yeah, you asked me that question about an hour, a half hour ago. And this is I'm giving you more of an answer about why I have kind of divorced the left. I don't. Yes, there's been COVID the last two and a half years, but there's so much of this woke nonsense, man. This woke, you know, pronouns teaching kindergartners about sex change, you know, teaching young kids about, you know, to be, uh, to feel bad or insecure about being white and that our ancestors were evil. This is wrong. Let kids be kids, okay? Let them be innocent. They'll grow up quick enough. And so, so much of this left nonsense now is taking over our culture. And I think the things that really matter, some things you brought up, making a uh, decent living, minimum wage, you know, health care, that's all been lost. We hardly hear about that stuff anymore. All we're hearing about is this ultra-woke crap. Well, I think, I, I, I mean, I, I try not to walk around with a tinfoil hat, but, but like I have a lot of conspiracy conspiratorial leanings in my thinking. And I really think a lot of this culture war stuff is a bit of a smokescreen. Even though, I mean, I completely defend all those ideas, I think that, um, you know, like, it's kind of like I was talking about the gangsters, right? It's like, oh, this gangster gets rich. We should say their money is unethical. We should say the way they acquired their wealth was wrong. And I think that it's okay to defend yourself and say, I'm being, my wealth is being extracted by the capitalist system of my government and my workplace. That's like what we have to say because it's the truth, right? Now, no, you know, Marco, the, the, the original, the original reason for organized crime when you go back into the teens and and 20s was because people came over here and they realized that the the decks were stacked against them so instead of complaining right the government the big gov the decks the government has stacked against them in making it in life instead of complaining instead of crying like the left does they said we're going to build our own thing they called it this thing of ours and that's what it is it's this other kind of life, this reality, other government system that we've created on our own because of the way, quote unquote, the man put their boot on our necks. That is why it was created. 
They created their own, if you weigh, system of capitalism that was outside the regular, outside the government system. And that's why the government hates them, right? That's why the government's gone after them, because they don't play that system. They don't play the game that has kept so much of us down, right? So many people down. That was the original reason for the mafia. So I don't know if I can agree with you about, you know, saying, well, if someone's an organized crime, we have to say, you know, I don't think those are the people to go after. I think in a way they're they're more like us than than we realize sometimes. They're just people who took it amongst themselves to start their own thing because of the way the government had stacked the deck against them. Well, I can do a whole show on that too. Well, so, okay, so like I'm first generation. Uh, my parents are Mexican. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Mexico. My, I have a lot, I have some family who are in the mafia. Mm-hmm. Some of them are low level, some of them are high level. All right, admit it, Marco, you're in the mafia. Admit it. Just admit it here. Come on. No, no, I'm not. (laughs) No. (laughs) My my mother specifically was like, no, I don't want any part of that. Um, But like, when a cop pulls you over in Mexico, here's how the protocol goes. The cop Mm -hmm. tells you how much it's going to cost. You tell the, and the cop says, you got to come to the station with me and pay your fine. And the thing he tells you you did is a lie. It's always a lie. Yeah, yeah. You, you ran right. a light. You didn't run a light. Right, right. So then the protocols, you tell the cop, hey, I'm on my way to work. I can't go to the station right now. Can I just give you the money and you can go pay it for me? Mm-hmm. And the cop is like, yeah, that works great, please. That's the <laughs> protocol. You know, my cousin, she's like, oh, I want to go to get the driver's license in Mexico. And they hand me the written test and the answers are filled in. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do they're like you can erase them if you want but you gotta turn it in she's like do you have a blank one and they're like we only have two copies and then she's she walks away makes sure the answers are right turns it back in they're like okay pay us now <laughs> right like like i was born at night but i wasn't born last night hey but if you understand the system it works right if you understand so in, the yeah so in mexico we know the government and the mafia are one that's true in this country y'all just don't know it well, that's what I'm trying to say, right? I know, well, I, I understand what you're saying. And sometimes the government acts, you mean, like the mafia in the same kind of no, style. They are literally the mafia. Jeffrey Epstein. No, but no, but the, the, children I, I, with Bill Clinton and, yeah. and Bill well, the mafia doesn't do that stuff. That's grotesque. Are you kidding me? They don't get involved in that and child stuff like that. Ugh. Wait a minute. Are you Wait kidding me? The Mexican mafia totally. I don't know about the Mexican mafia. Do. I don't know what about the Mexican. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't know about the. You understand the mafia I know about? I don't know about the Mexican mafia. But the mafia I know of, about would never go anywhere near that. In fact, a lot of them didn't want to go near drugs. Watch there the are mafias who won't, but there are plenty who do. But what I'm saying and, is the government the government's connected to them, Marco. But the government is like the mafia without the consequences that you have if you're in a mafia and you do something wrong, right? Or you. You, uh, you, you don't, you, you know, you know, what I'm talking about the. There are consequences in that in the, in the real mafia that are not. And that's why Capone would have judges on the take, right? Of course. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to go back to that, of course. A, yeah, I mean, they realize the they have to. Institutions. Yeah. They're just some of them are more lethal or ruthless than others. Like the CIA is really ruthless. But the problem with the government is they might act like the mafia, but they'll always talk about how they're so above that, right? They're the good guys. The government's the good guys. They say that in Mexico too. It's just nobody believes them. Well, that's good. They shouldn't believe them. They, right. they should. They shouldn't believe. At least it's here. There's a code in the mafia, and there's no code in the government. And I think that's the big difference. There's no code. 
There's zero code. There's zero moral compass. There's zero uh, loyalty. There's nothing. There's nothing other than gain of power and money. Gain of power and money. You know? Uh, and I, I th- that's, that's the biggest problem with our government. That's the biggest problem with our government. There are very few of them. And this is why... You know, this is why I also got into Bernie Sanders. I believed, at least for a while there, for about a five-year period from 2015 to 2020, that he actually cared about people. You know, that his his reason of being in government was you didn't have to agree with his ideas. You might have thought they were commie or socialist or left to left, whatever. But his reason of being in government is he thought his ideas could help the masses. And that's something that you don't get from most politicians. Am I right? Yes. I mean, I... Yeah, I got tricked by Bernie, too. <laughs> right. But then, you know, once again, it's just uh, it, it's either it's either he was a total phony or he just got so uh, disengaged because of not being able to get anywhere because his own party knocked him down. And he didn't have the balls to stand up to them twice, you know, whatever it may be. I don't know. We can go into that also in another show. But um, I'm glad you asked me about the Green Party because. Like I said, I, I did not go for the lesser of two evil. I didn't go for the you have to vote for the lesser of two evil. You have to vote for D.O.R. You must do this. I mean, that's just inane. It's ridiculous. You know, and uh, so I didn't do that in the last couple of elections. You know, so that's that's basically the reason I didn't I didn't I didn't care for either. I didn't care for Trump or Hillary and I didn't care for Trump or, or Biden. You know, so, so you and I are both disenfranchised voters. The candidate we voted for was not represented in the election. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. But but either way, I could say I could admit that either I have to admit that I hated Hillary so much, even though I didn't vote for Trump and I voted for Jill. Um, I I took pleasure in watching Hillary lose. I did. I, I, <laughs> I took pleasure in watching the Democratic establishment go down to an outsider. I took a lot of pleasure in that. And I took a lot of pleasure uh, in uh, well, I, I took and I took no pleasure in in Biden winning. You know, I took I, so it's like it's weird because I like Trump's outsider element. We I've talked about this before. This is this was the people tried to make similarities between Biden and Trump, but I think the similarities is the outsider aspect, the anti-establishment aspect of both men. Even though the politics might be different in in, in many ways, it was that outside aspect of them that I, I that appeals to both voters, right? I mean, Bernie in his speeches would totally lash out against the Democratic establishment, and Trump in his speeches would totally lash out against the Republican establishment, right? Clean, drain the swamp of these people. And Bernie would basically say the same thing in different, maybe a little bit nicer terms. So that's what I like about both both guys, basically. You know, so yeah, I, I took know, a lot of pleasure in watching was, um, Hillary lose. I took a lot of pleasure in watching Hillary lose. I, re- I really think that those personas are not true. In a way, they are. It, let's put it this way. I, I really don't think so because, okay, so this goes all the way back to, to Reagan and Bush. Reagan and Bush committed sedition to, to, to get into office. This has now been revealed as fact, right? Mm-hmm. How does a presidential campaign with the front runner, a fucking governor, and a TV star commit sedition with Iran? Mm-hmm. They did it because the VP was the ex-head of the CIA. Right, right. His father, Prescott Bush, tried to kill Roosevelt. I know. 
So, so Bush and Reagan commit sedition and coup the government. It's a CIA mm. coup. Right. They did this because the CIA had to kill Reagan. Eisenhower gave an ominous farewell address that we talk about to this day. They had to put that on lock. Yeah. There's no way that any president after Reagan is anti-establishment. There's no way. Because if they were, the CIA would just knock them off like they did Kennedy. Well, but I think you could- if you remember Trump, yeah. Trump and the Clintons go back to the 80s. No, I know Trump that. and the Clintons were on the Lolita Express together. I know. I know. Right? So Trump and Hillary created the birther movement against Obama, and Obama's mother was CIA. God, this is getting, this is like an Oliver Stone movie. I'm trying to find Bush Jr. steals the election from Gore. I know. So, like, Trump is CIA, is my point. And think about George Bush W. Before he ran for governor, he ran for Congress. He didn't have a Texan accent. He didn't speak like that. He spoke like his father. You know, I joke about that with my buddy in New York all the time, how this guy comes from fucking Connecticut. But sounds like he has like you know he, it, it sounds it sounds like he has splinters in his ass. I don't get exactly. it. So I don't see, get that's it. The, that's the CIA smokescreen because every day the news cycle is about the new stupid thing Bush said. But he's still talking he's that an way. Intelligent he, man. He, he's still Bush talking is a that very way. intelligent talk man. He's a killer. He's not stupid. He did that on purpose. And Trump's persona every day. Kofifi. He makes a fucking typo in a tweet, and it's the thing on the news cycle. That's because it's the smoke screen to what they're really Trump is gotta be CIA. I'm I, I, I we could do a whole week on conspiracy theories and I enjoy them. I enjoy listening to your ideas here. But I, I just think I think there was too much if you look at I and you're gonna say this is all a show, I know it. This is part of the conspiracy theory, but there was just so much vitriol thrown at Trump from the Republican side and so much vitriol thrown at Bernie from not only the Democratic establishment politicians, but the media as well, that it's hard to see that it was all an act because you've got too many people involved, man. I mean, you've got so many people involved. You've got thousands and thousands of people involved. Well, well, Bill Clinton passed the telecommunications, that telecommunications bill that consolidated and monopolized a lot of the media companies. Yeah. I mean, is, is it that hard to believe you have people on the right who don't like the establishment and people on the left who don't like democratic. It's not that we're, we're, we're part of it. There, there are green party people oh, who are part oh, of it. Yeah, there are libertarians oh, who are part of it. So it's oh, not, yeah. it's not there, all conspiracy. There are plenty of people who are anti-establishment. Yeah, of course. I'm on, uh, of all. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it, it, it's, but it even feels good. Well, they, even, even if you're right, even that. if you're right, it still feels good to have these people on television, millions of people watching, giving speeches, going after, the establishment. It's still it's still pleasurable. It's still cathartic to watch that. And that's why so many people attend Trump rallies. Look, Bernie's rallies and Trump rallies got like 20, 30,000 people. They're the only two candidates in like the last, forever who could ever get crowds like that, right? Because people, it was very cathartic to have guys on each side going after their establishment. And, and, and you know, and uh, there were so many of us who felt the same way, right? Yeah, I fell for it too. I gave Bernie money. I phone banked for Bernie. So did I. I gave Bernie and money. And then too. he betrayed us when he told us to vote for Clinton after they 
they stole the primary form from him. He betrayed us when he, that's when he revealed himself to be a charlatan. And they did it again four years later, didn't he? Well, he, why did he try again? Why did he try again? He saw last time they screwed him out of it. It's because he's on the take. How can he be there all those decades if he wasn't on the take? You see what well, I'm saying? Well, there was the there was the theory that he was a herder, like he was a herder. Well, remember right? Dennis Kucinich? He was actually a left a left winger who was doing things. They they completely eliminated his district to get him out of Congress. I know that. I know he, he couldn't lose an election. They I, they did they redistricted him out of Congress. He did absolutely, no doubt about it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like you don't join the mafia and make them better. It's true. No, I, I get it. I understand what you're saying. And and look, there are many people who who thought Bernie was a you know, he was basically just herding more people to the Democratic Party, basically. That was his job, to herd more people into the Hillary camp, to herd more people into the Biden camp. But I think it's less conspiratorial and more that Bernie doesn't have any balls, okay? That Bernie does not have the ball. That Bernie, look, look, the Democrats... Would be, wait, 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 let me just get one point down. Ber- the Democrats were able to bully Bernie twice. The Republicans were not able to bully Trump in 2016. Believe me, they would. They want, dude. They all wanted Jeb Bush. Okay, the Republican establishment wanted another Bush in there. They wanted Jeb Bush. Okay, but they could not bully Trump the way the Democrats could bully Bernie. Because if they tried to bully Trump, he would bash them in the nose. He would go on Twitter and bash them in the nose. He would go on those debates and call them all losers. Bernie wouldn't do that kind of thing. You see. That's why I have See, no respect for Trump. I think it's all theater. I really just think it's all theater. Who cares what somebody says about you on Twitter? I don't even have Twitter. No, no, but okay, you don't. But millions of people do. Come on, there's a lot of influence. That's how Trump, that's how Trump Wait a minute. Trump used Twitter. That's why they banned I, him, man. Why did Twitter ban him? Why? Because he was because reaching the people. CIA told him to do it. Because it goes along with the whole show. Well, the Democrats told him to do it. We just, and I wanted to talk about I'll talk about it next week. But did you see that thing they just put out with the Democrats, the Biden campaign, asked Twitter to get rid of a fake Fauci page? Did you see that? Where the Biden administration sent a message to Twitter saying, "Here's some." It was it was a parody. It was a parody of Anthony Fauci, and they said, "Could you please delete this for us?" And Twitter's like, "Oh sure, we'll get right at it." I mean, come oh, on. Yeah. It doesn't take, dude. It doesn't take the CIA. It just takes a. It just takes an email from an intern in the Biden administration. Zuckerberg admitted that he uh, uh, that he uh, censored the Hunter Biden laptop story. Yeah, he right. admitted. It. He just said it out on the open that they that they censored it. I'm like, I can't believe this. <laughs> I was expecting a lie, and he just fucking admitted it. I was like, well, no. just, I did a story about. I did. I did a couple of uh, shows about that. Uh, wondering why. Why finally at this moment did he do that? And many of us think it's because he's the Republicans going to take over. He knows they're going to start doing hearings about this stuff, and he wants to get ahead of it. He wants to get ahead of lawsuits and all that nonsense. So it's very po- look. Zuckerberg didn't just do it to be a good guy and come clean. We know that. There's no doubt. There's, there's an angle. He's got an angle for doing that on Joe Rogan's show. Look, there, look. There has been this recent uh, Freedom of Information Act st- stuff that came out. I forget this whole story on it, but it was talking about how. The CIA, you know how they like ran drugs so they could fund the Contras in Nicaragua. Well, they also got into insurance. It didn't specify which insurance companies they own, but it's possible that a company like Geico is fucking CIA. I don't want to bust so, your boat. So, so how, how can we not be sure that Twitter and Facebook and 
Google are not actually funded or started by the CIA. Well, look, I don't want to burst your ball, but sometimes I think conspiracy theorists. And look, there were many of people. Look, I was, I was considered a tinfoil hat. Wait a minute. And I want to say, well, I was saying, sometimes I think conspiracy theorists are just there to make our lives more, in, it makes your life more interesting to think about these things. But I think many of us, including myself, were called tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists for two years ago saying that the vaccines wouldn't stop the spread, that masks didn't work and all this stuff. We, exactly. were, we, were, we were canceled off Twitter. We were suspended. Exactly. We, were, we were eliminated. And of course, we're proven right. So, when I grew up in L.A. in the 80s, people were saying the feds are selling crack in the hood. And I heard people arguing, saying that's a conspiracy theory. That's not true. You don't have any evidence. And then lo and behold, it turns out to be true. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of where I'm coming from on this. <laughs> I know. Oh, and the FBI are great people. They don't do anything. Can you believe these people who say that now? Politicians oh, who actually say Oh, the FBI. No, no, we cannot criticize the FBI because they didn't do anything in the 60s with the civil rights movement, right? They didn't plan things. They didn't have people killed. They didn't do anything bad during the civil uh, rights movement. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. We know now what they did during the civil rights movement, right? We know what Hoover did. We know what his FBI did to people like Martin Luther King and black civil rights leaders and the Black Panthers. We know what they did. We know what they're capable of. This is recent history. It blows my mind that there are people who could say with a straight face, no, no, you can't question the FBI. How un-American. No, please. Where do you think that comes from for people? Where do you, why do you think they do that? Now? Yeah, like, are they just ignorant? They're ignorant, yes. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's just like ignoring recent history. We, we do it all the time here. You know, ignoring right. or saying, you know what? That was just a... It was a bad moment. It was a black mark. It was just a moment in time, right? It was just a moment in time. For the most part, they're they're great. That's what they that's that's the way they try to pass it off as. That was it was a black mark on the on the on the administration, but you know, on that bureau. But for the most part, and since then, they've been just you know great citizens. Yeah, come on now, it's it's ridiculous. It really is. You know, Look, just, I only bought off the judge one time. I don't do it all the time. I'm exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, hey, Marco, I'm going to end the show in a few minutes. Thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for chatting. Yeah. 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 Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. I just want to say before I want to end before it's a Friday. So I'd like to end with like, um, you know, uh, on a positive note. And I want to say anybody who's in any uh, any city or state where you can see Jaws on the IMAX screen, which I just did a few hours before the show, you have to do it. OK, I don't care if you've seen Jaws a million times or if you're not even a fan or you've never seen it. You've got to see Jaws in the restored. They just restored it in you know, that 4K restoration thing. And they're doing it on IMAX screens. If you have an IMAX, you know, hopefully you have an IMAX theater in your in your city or somewhere nearby. Even if you have to drive 10, 15 miles or take an Uber, it's worth doing it because it's so amazing. I mean, I've always been a fan of Jaws. I think Spielberg's actually become a much better director since. But as you know, whatever it was, his second film, basically, right? Second, second film, I think. It's, it's like, it's amazing to see on a big screen. The shark has never appeared so big or seemed so big or imposing as he does on this 4K. It looks like it was made last year, the film. It looks so good. And, you know, Jaws is just amazing. It's got Roy Scheider and Richard Dreyfus and uh, just in, in, incredible performances and incredible film. That kind of genre done right and of course ripped off badly you know was it orca and all those ripoffs of jaws um but i i think it's uh it's important to see it i think it's uh when you see it on the imax screen 
when you see it on the IMAX screen, you'll really understand why it's considered one of the greatest, it, 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 one of the greatest films of all time, but certainly probably the greatest film in that genre, you know, of, uh, um, of all time. And you can see it on IMAX screens. I don't know. I, I believe it just opened today. I believe it opened on Friday, the second. So I don't know exactly how long it's going to be playing. I know they did it with ET about a month ago, which I also saw on the, on the IMAX screen, which was fantastic. It brought me back to my childhood. Um, but I'm not sure exactly how long, uh, it's going to be playing, but it's certainly, it's certainly worth a watch. And yeah, look, you have Labor Day weekend, right? We have Labor Day weekend. And so I'm sure many people have plans, but if you don't have plans, you know, or if there's, you know, something else, you, you know, if you have some time, you should definitely, you should definitely check out Jaws. Oh, of course, Robert Shaw, Robert Shaw. Fantastic. With that monologue, he does. Uh, halfway through the film, which is, I guess, you know, really considered one of the greatest monologues in, in modern film history. Um, certainly worth seeing, okay? So I'm going to highly recommend seeing the the 4K restoration of Jaws on IMAX. Something to do, right? You got Saturday, you got Sunday, you got Monday. And I, I, I've been going back and forth as to whether I should be patriotic and not do a show on Monday. But since I do my shows at, at night, by the way, those of you who haven't listened before, I do my shows Monday through Friday nights, so 11 p.m. every night, Pacific, 2 a.m. would be Eastern. So since I'm doing my show Monday night at 11 p.m. Pacific, that's kind of the end of Labor Day weekend, right? Right? It's over. So most people are home. They have work the next day. So I think I will do a show. I think I'll do a special Labor Day show. And I want to mention that Wednesday's show, all right, Wednesday next week is my 200th anniversary show. All right? So that's going to be a big show. We're going to have, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a balloon drop. You can't see it, but I'll, I'll do it anyway. So next Wednesday is going to be my uh, 200th show. All right. I want everyone to have a great weekend. Uh, I'm going to see you Monday night. And uh, this show is called And Let's Be Heard. I'm Mike Achopoli. I want to thank Marco for calling in. I want to thank Daniel for calling in. I want to thank everyone who's listened. And... I hope everyone has a great weekend. I want everyone to remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Have a good weekend, and I'll see you Monday night.